Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, we'll continue our verse-by-verse study in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. The title of this sermon is, Let it be to me according to your word. Here is the first half of this Advent teaching. All right, so last week we we spent some time kind of laying the foundation down, actually pouring the concrete, so to say. It's important for you to have a firm foundation of your faith. And so the reason why we spent so much time talking about the prophecy last week was because of the, uh, the importance of understanding that that scripture that was written in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, was written 700 years before Jesus was ever born. And so when people actually talk about the Bible being, well, it's just written by men. No, it's God-breathed. It's God-breathed. And, and, and we went over many prophecies last week that were fulfilled. And then we went in on Wednesday night and we started putting the rebar down and strengthening your teaching. So that way, as the Word become flesh, Jesus Christ, and He comes into the earth, he, we, we find out that in, in the 400 years of silence that the God was moving in between empires. God was tearing down and building up empires. And, and we saw the, 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 Mer, the, the Persians and the Medes come down and the Greeks come up. The Greek Empire, that we get the language that was a, the most popular language at the time that could be spoken, the Greek language. And then you have the Roman Empire, which began the Pax Romana and the peace that came. And, and we have a way for the gospel to go out by mouth and then by land and by sea. And it's the perfect time and the fullness of time that Jesus was born. And this week what we're looking at is the announcement of the birth. As the angel Gabriel appears to Mary, but also appears to Zacharias some six months before that. And we'll look at both of those because there's, there's such a polar difference response between the two. And one that's very important because one was religious. One was actually lighting the incense, something that you would only do once in your lifetime. Only the best of the best would, would go and do that. And in the place where he's lighting the incense, he questions God, the messenger of God. God sent Gabriel with the message, and he's like, I don't know how this can be. And yet here you have Mary, and she's ready to go. So we need to look at both of those responses. The reason why we're 
spending time on the prophecy the reason why we're spending time on the announcement is the importance of the, the these are essential things of our faith if we do if we do not believe in the virgin birth we believe that that joseph and mary had relations prior to that and therefore jesus is born of sin and that that destroys the whole argument of our faith why do you think that some 700 years prior to Jesus ever coming, that it was prophesied that it would be a virgin birth. Because God knew that people would question. And sadly, what's part of this is, is when we look at a, a Barner survey that, that was done just recently, back in 2014, it was around 71% of Christians believed in the virgin birth. It's dropped to 66%. So you have over 30 34% of Christians that don't believe in this. So where is their faith? Foundationally, this is why we spend time in these during Advent. And I know sometimes you're thinking, man, we just, we just went over this last year. No, we need to relook at it every year. That's why when we look at the crucifixion, we relook at it. It is to strengthen our faith. It is what our faith is founded on, our foundation that is set. That is something that Pastor Chuck would always talk about is the, the, the importance of knowing the Word of God. It's not just you showing up to church. Because let me tell you something. Everyone that, that Jesus ran into that was a religious leader would not believe in the virgin birth. Even though the virgin birth was talked about and they knew the Scriptures, they didn't believe it. Because in John chapter 8, verse 41, it says, You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We were not born of fornication. We have one, a one father God. They threw it in Jesus' face. And so that's why when we look at these, it's very important for us to understand that, that Jesus came and was born, humbly born, into this world and and. and the precious blood of Christ that, that came without spot, spot or blemish for us. For us. Let's look at our first point. Is Mary visited by God's messenger uh, in verses 26 to 33. It says, Now the sixth month, and the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now the city of Galilee was actually just a, um, not a popular place that Mary was at. The Jews actually reviled it. They didn't like it. It was considered just a, a you know, a, a little hole in the wall, and nothing good comes out of Nazareth, right? But we know that there's something that we do need to look at because we need to look at the response that Zacharias had. So while you're in chapter 1, let's go down just a little bit uh, down to verse 5. Actually, we'll pick it up in verse 6 in Luke chapter 1. It says, And they were both righteous before God, walking in the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord blameless. Now he's talking about Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it, so it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. The whole multitude of the people were, was praying outside at the hour of incense. The angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. 
when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and he fell in fear upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. I would highlight that if you have a, you know, this is why we actually bring Bibles to church and we actually take notes. is because you actually highlight stuff in your Bible. Because when you're going through things, you go back and you go, oh, I remember that. And, and I, I, can, I can remember this promise because Zacharias or Elizabeth was praying for a child in their advanced years. And the prayer was heard. Think about that. They're in advanced years. We don't know how old that is, right? But somebody had been praying, I want a child. And the prayer was heard. And you get to a point where you're maybe 55, 60, and you're thinking, it ain't happening. But somebody was still praying. And I love that because that's, it's one, we know that God hears our prayers just based on this. And two, we know that either Zacharias and Elizabeth, or Elizabeth were praying, or either they were both praying together, that they wanted a child. And he goes in and he explains the, the prophecy as you go a little bit further down, and as this is going to be the, 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 uh, the, the spirit and the power of Elijah, John the Baptist, this is the child he's speaking about in the verses. But what happens is when we get to verse 18 of Luke chapter 1, verse 18, and Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. Something that should never come out of a man's mouth. My wife is well advanced in years. Well, how is that going to happen, Doc? Because my wife is well advanced in years. It's like, that's not going to go well. But do you understand that this is a man who studies the Scripture, who is religious? And yet he's questioning the messenger of God. There's only two angels named in the whole Bible, Gabriel and Michael. And we know that Gabriel was in chapters 8 and 9 of, of Daniel, if I remember right. Because we, when we studied Daniel, he, he appears to Daniel when Daniel's struggling. And, and I love that because at the end of the day, when we see this, we see even somebody who's wholeheartedly following God can struggle in their faith. Now, he's going to pay a price for that. Because Gabriel's going to tell him, look, you ain't talking until the baby's born. So when he comes out of the, the, the place of incense, he can't talk. Because he's questioning the messenger of God, but who did the message come from? God. came from God. And one of the things as I was reading that, I was thinking to myself, how many of us question the things that God is trying to do in your life? And we need to be... Look, if, if God puts something on your heart to do, you step out in faith and you go for it. But what happens with Zacharias is he's focused on the horizontal. He's focused on the world. Well, it's never happened. Did you not read about, about uh, Hannah or Sarah? Hello? It's in Scripture. It's happened before. But he was puzzled. He was fixed on the world. He was focused on his wife's well-advanced years. Like, that's the one thing. Can you imagine the, the, the Gabriel's like, no. Dude, you didn't just throw your wife under the bus, man. Come on. But he did. And so now we see Zacharias' response. And so what we need to do is we need to pick it up now, and, and we'll go to, uh, back to where we were at. And, and um, as we look at the, 
the, the, the, the angel showing up in Nazareth. And so again, Nazareth uh, was a very small town, very rough reputation. It was despised by the Jews. Uh, but we know that the Messiah is born in, in Bethlehem, and we'll go over that on Saturday. In verse 27, it says, to, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. Now, very important, something that you do need to get because Luke is a physician and Luke's a doctor. And so one thing that Luke does twice is he uses the word virgin. And he uses the word in the Greek, virgin. What does it mean? Virgin. Now, if you look in the Hebrew, in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14, the word that's used in the Hebrew is Alma. Alma. And, and that word actually means a woman of marriageable age. And, and that she would not have known a man. Not have relations with a man. She would have been somewhere between the ages of 17 and 20. But Luke makes sure when he writes this down, because he wants to make sure you understand the only way this happens is God. It's a supernatural event. It's a miracle that God does. God does us because she is a virgin. And Luke puts it down twice just in this one verse in verse 27. Anytime you see something repeated in Scripture, you need to figure out why it's there twice. If you see something repeated in Scripture over and over, that's God speaking to us, wanting to make sure we get it. We know that Joseph is uh, from the house of David, another prophecy that's, that's fulfilled. He's also from the, the, the tribe of, in the lineage of Judah. And we went over those prophecies last week as those were fulfilled in Genesis 49.10 and Jeremiah 23.5. And also out of the, the branch of uh, the stem of Jesse in Isaiah 11 verse 1. Now, because they were betrothed, uh, what that means is they were ready to be married. And they were treated as they were married, but they were not allowed to have relations. Okay? They weren't allowed to have relations yet. The, the thing that's important is what would happen during the betrothal period is there would be a year. Usually about a year. And, and Joseph would have went back to his father's house to build a house either in addition to the, the houses there with his dad, or either there would be a, a house that was built by Joseph for Mary. And the only way that you could break the betrothal period is, or, or to walk away from the betrothal is a certificate of divorce. And we'll go over that on Wednesday. But normally what would happen is a certificate of divorce, if somebody was, was, had uh, infidelity, they would just be stoned to death. And that would just take care of that. But one thing that we need to remember is that as we look at the betrothal period, they would have been assigned as children coming up. Two different families. And I thought about this today as Abraham is coming up and Michelle's baby's about the same age, maybe they'll be betrothed, right? Who knows? Or maybe it'll be Christopher. It may be Kevin's baby. Who knows? But the thing is, is, is they would have been, the parents of those children would have said, that's who you're marrying. And that, for our culture, we're like, oh, no, I can't be like that. That's the thing that we have to remember is love is not a feeling. It's an action. You choose to love or not. You choose to, to, to want to not be in love or be in love. That's on you. It's, it's, it's not an emotion or a feeling. 
the thing is, is when we look at our marriages, it's the love that, that we want to have in our marriages is agape love, which is a sacrificial love, expecting nothing in return. And I was speaking to a friend of mine out of California yesterday who called me, and he's struggling because he had placed his wife in, in, in the place of idolatry. And he's walking with God now. One of the things he's realizing, he goes, my whole day was based upon whether she would hold my hand, give me a hug, give me a kiss. And if I didn't get it, I was upset. I was, it just ruined my day. And I was like, you don't need that, dude. I said, yeah, you want, you want that, but you, you put her in a place of idolatry. God is the one that you need to be going to first. And as she respects you, you will love her. You love her as Christ loved the church. And he's seeing his marriage as, as, as blossoming. It, like it, he goes, I don't, I don't know what's happening. I said, it's God. That's what's happening. You're being obedient to what you're reading in the Word of God. Because he did what Chuck did with, with uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Where it says, love is patient, love is kind. So he, Chuck would say, Chuck is patient, Chuck is kind. Is Chuck doing that? And so he did that. Ozzy told me, he goes, I am, is Ozzy patient? Is Ozzy kind with his wife? And I was like, dude, you're actually taking the Bible and you're applying it in your life. And, and you, can't, you, can't, that's, you can't ask for anything else as a pastor because that's going to change your marriage, everything, your family, the whole direction. But we see here the betrothal period. One of the things that we forget is we're in a betrothal period. If you've chosen to follow Jesus Christ, He is your bridegroom. And you are His bride. And at some point, Jesus is going to come for you. He's coming for all of us that are His. And Jesus said, just like Joseph went to go prepare a residence for Mary, Jesus is preparing a residence for us in John 14, verses 1-3. through 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have, not, uh, would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may also be. Just like Joseph, Jesus is preparing a place for us. That's heaven, eternity with him. And he warns us and, and, and for us to be ready. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, as we talked about Joseph could show up at any time, guess what? Jesus can show up at any time. There's no other prophecy that needs to be fulfilled for him to come. The rapture can happen like that. We could be coming here for Saturday, and the rapture happened, and the ham, the turkey, will just be left here. I'll be happy because we'll be at another banquet. Better banquet, you know. But I want to make sure you get this because if you haven't chosen to follow Christ, Jesus warns you in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. It says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. 
Then all the virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should be a non, not enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to go buy, or while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, uh, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. <clears throat> so, what does that mean? The betrothal period that we're in right now. Jesus is warning you, and he's using the example of oil. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. He's warning you that I can show up at any time to come get you. Are you going to be prepared? And what am I going to catch you doing? If you're my children, are you ready? If you're my children, are you telling people about me? Because I can go, just think, just in your own little circle of how many people you know that don't have a relationship with Christ. Because when the door shuts, that's it. And there will come a time when the door will shut. And judgment will come. The lamb comes in through the birth. The lion comes in for the second coming. And the lion comes to reign and rule and judge. But God is a God of love. But God is a just God. Because we just saw five. And this is something that's very important for y'all to understand. The hypocrisy that's happening in the church. The authenticity of what you're doing as a faithful walker of Jesus Christ. On a daily basis, half are gone. Ten, half are gone. Half. And you know why? They weren't being continually filled with the Holy Spirit. And they had to go back to the world to go get what they needed. And you know what the sad part is? What did they do with the other five? Let me have some of your oil. 2020, I, I believe God did a, a work within the church and exposed a lot of a lot of hearts that were just people showing up to church. And, and his return is coming. And one of the things that we need to be is how do we know and how do we prepare? We are to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Not to be drunk of wine. In Ephesians. I'm ready. You should wake up every morning. Lord, if this is the day, I'm ready. If not, what do you have planned for me today? What do you need me to do? But we're in that same betrothal period that Mary was in. If we're his bride, we need to be ready. The one thing I don't want is, is I've talked to you all about this before, is like our, our actions, it doesn't mean that you're perfect or you're seeking perfection. You should be pursuing holiness. You should be pursuing righteousness. And let me tell you something. You're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to mess up. But you have the Holy Spirit in you. And that's the beauty of the oil. Because the oil tells you, hey, shouldn't be looking at that. Why did you look at that? And then you know, man, I need to repent. You know right then, I, man, I, I, I need to get, I got some things I got to change. Right? Shouldn't have said that. Holy Spirit convicts you immediately. That's when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because... You know. And that God, that's the beauty of our walks with Christ is that through that, 
That's how we know God is still working in your heart. It's one thing if you go, I don't care. I'm going to just keep doing what you want to do. Like you, you, you're just doing your old lifestyle. God will give you up to a debased mind. And like them ten virgins sitting out there with their lamps, you're going to be out there with no oil. And you're going to get left behind. You need to wake up. I'm, fixing, I'm telling y'all, things are fixing to get serious. If a revival is going to happen, like y'all think, it, it's funny, when I hear guys like Pastor Mike McIntosh and Raul Reese and Don McClure and those guys talk about, I've never seen anything like this before. And I'm like, dude, I just started a church. What am I, what am I getting into? But we need to trust the fact that, that, that God can still do a revival in this United States. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.